is a story of um, literally a God conversation, really, a story of Jesus with the Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, as we hear this story, it's uh, good to get tips and learn from the Master how to do it, how to share something of faith and hope in Jesus. John, uh, the first reading is John uh, chapter 4, verses 1 to 26. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learnt of this, he left Judah and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan lady came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you said you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, 
But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the, they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Continuing John chapter 4, verses 27 to 42. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who has told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have no food to eat. I, sorry, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do with the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say four months more and then harvest, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Thank you very much, Felicity and Maggie, for reading that uh, long passage and making it sound really good and, and being able to engage with it, because it is quite difficult, isn't it, sometimes to engage with a long passage like that from the Bible, but it's good to have the whole story, I think, to give some kind of idea of the context of where that God conversation came from. 
Just as um, we prepare to hear the address, I'd like um, for Mike and the band to lead us um, in our next song. Let us just stand and, and worship God. Come as you are is the title of this. So. Just keep that being, please, Steve. We just, um, I'll just pray that as a prayer, just as we begin. Lay down your burdens. Lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Wanderer, come home. You're not too far. Lay down your hurt. Lay down your heart. Come as you are. Lord, we all come in different places. We all know that we come in different places from the little bits that we know about each other. But Lord, you know us. You knit us together in our mother's womb all the days of our life are in your book you know our goings and our comings you know our thoughts you know our inmost being and Lord there are bits about that knowing that we just want to lay down now Lord we just want to be free so that we can rise up and follow you. Thank you, Lord, for your promise of forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for your acceptance as a child of the kingdom, that we are all worthy through Jesus' death on the cross for us to just come and to be fishers of men and women. Even if we've only just started and only just walked in this door, Lord. Like the Samaritan woman who just heard the story and was one of the most effective witnesses to that story as many Samaritans believed. We thank you, Lord, that you choose even us. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So my apologies for those of you who are here for the first time that I'm kind of doing the second in a series and I mean to be honest it doesn't actually really make that much difference because it is um, a kind of an individual unit as well. But it is a, a second episode, so I just want to give you, and those of you who perhaps were you know, not reflecting quite as much on last week when you were even here, just give you a little summary, two-line summary, of what Andrew said last week. He talked about three-story evangelism. He talked about that idea, three-story evangelism, Ron, Roy Crown wrote about in his book, which is about the art of connecting and let's have a picture of the three-story evangelism. Could we have a couple of those lights? Thank you, Bruce. That's brilliant. Bruce and Tim, that's wonderful. Good. Could I have a light here, though? Because otherwise I'm going to go rather quiet. That's good. 
I do think of relying upon the Holy Spirit completely for my sermons. But actually, I'm reading this, and the thing is, I can't read my writing anyway, so who knows? But it would be good to at least have a try. Three-story evangelism. What Roy Crown said in his book, and in his video, and in everything, I don't even think it was DVD at the time, he said that we have three ways of connecting with people, three ways of doing the work of evangelism, reaching out and sharing the gospel. First of all, we have the God story to share with people. And we have looked in the past, well, we've looked a lot about the God story, because that's what church is, really, sharing the God story. Out there, don't go yet, but you can get one if you want to, we've got the four points. I've got it in a wristband. This is a really good, good way of connecting with people, actually, to wear wristbands like this. They say, what's that? And then you can tell them the God story. I normally shove it up people's noses sometimes if I actually want to speak to them about it, but I, I just kind of wave it around a bit. Um, but... Um, and the four points is, the first one is a heart picture, and it means that God loves you. The second one is an X, and it means we mess up, we sin. But then the third one is a picture of the cross, when we talk about how Jesus died on the cross for our sins, so we can be forgiven, yay! And then the third, fourth one, can't count, fourth one is a question mark. Is it that way around where you are? A question mark. And the question is, are we going to follow Jesus and accept that forgiveness and that love? We talked then a number of times, about summarising the God story. But the thing is, unless you do like me, shove it under somebody's nose, they're not going to say, what does that wristband mean? What is a God story? Because you have to have some kind of way of connecting. And what Roy Crown says is, to connect in conversation with people. Now, by the way, that John 4 passage was very good, but then he was God, and he's God, Jesus, isn't he? That not, not many of us have conversations like that conversation that you read so beautifully about the Samaritan woman because it kind of went deep pretty quickly, didn't it? Sometimes we have conversations like Rosie did, which went deep really quickly, but sometimes we do more of a, a kind of a, a slower kind of conversation perhaps, but just starting in that, but I'll go on more about that later. Anyway, so we have the God story to share, ready and willing, and I mean, the thing is we need to familiar us familiar I can't even say it, familiarize ourselves with the God story because if somebody says what do you believe as a Christian what would you actually say if you are Christian what would you actually say I find this very helpful um but just work out your story if you're called upon to share it and if you want to talk with somebody about how to articulate that how to share that please you know chat to to most people in church will help you with working out the story to share if you get the opportunity then you've got the second one, the my story, which is your testimony of faith. And I'm going to, don't be scared, because it's not very difficult to do this bit in the way that I'm going to ask you to do it. I'm going to get you to share a little bit about your story, if you want to, in a little while. But basically, your story is, is how you connect with God. I suppose a few years ago, and even nowadays, some people call that your testimony, your God story. Why are you actually sitting in a chair here today? Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe it's because you have a living and vital faith and you actually want to express that in worship. There are all sorts of, from there to there, you know, I've been invited today and I came and I sit in this chair just because of that, to having a mature fellow, you know, a relationship with God and, and having a whole journey. And if you have a really long journey with God and somebody asks your testimony, you don't have to tell them it all. Just so I've mentioned that. Anyway, moving on. You then have the third kind of circle, which is... I said this was going to be expressed in two lines. I've rather digressed. I do that with stories. The third one is their story. If you're listening to somebody and talking with somebody, it's good to listen to something about themselves so you can kind of 
connect. That's why he called it the art of connecting, Roy Crown. You can, can connect the God story and, if appropriately, connect your story to, if you like, tailor-make the story of God to actually be something that they would be interested in connecting with. So, Andrew challenged us in the light of that teaching last week to have God conversations that week. And it's wonderful to hear of some of those God conversations. And I'm sure there were more. However, I'm sure there were many of us who actually tried and it didn't really quite work out in a way that they'd really want to share it in church. Either perhaps they tried and they were too scared to say something. I mean, we talked, didn't we? Rona mentioned about when it's family. It can be quite difficult, can't it? You don't want to kind of ruin your relationship by being over pushy. But on the other hand, it's praying for God to give opportunities to share something of faith and to encourage them. Maybe you knew nothing about the challenge. Maybe you're here for the first week or maybe you weren't here last week. So maybe it's perhaps very unfair to ask you about your God story of the last week. But I guess really the question is, did you dip your toes in at all? That's a good question. That is me, okay? Those of you who are slightly short-sighted, including myself, will see a dot on pebbles and a sea. But that is me. I can assure you I'm slightly larger than a dot. But this is me on the side of Shoreham Beach, which is where my mum and dad live. And um, after we were on holiday in Swanage, where I did, sl- I did actually swim in the sea, it was only a couple of weeks ago, and it wasn't a good idea. I went in, I was showing off, really, to the family who were assembled that I could swim. And I went in, and it was absolutely freezing. I wouldn't recommend it. My grandmother, apparently, I'm going off on another little story. My grandmother, apparently, she actually used to swim in the sea every day of her life. I don't know if I've told you this before. She died quite young. Anyway, moving on. I went to sea in Swanage, and I swam, and I had to keep my head out of the water for fear I would become a complete icicle. Oh, it's absolutely freezing. I said, it's lovely. Come in. Come in, I said. And they all came in, and they hated me afterwards. But then I moved, because I'd actually got this ticket for £11 to swim in a hotel jacuzzi. We weren't stopping in a hotel, in a hotel swimming pool. I'd, I'd Googled and I found out you could go in this hotel swimming pool. So after being in the sea, I was absolutely, oh, sorry, I'm going to corpse in a minute. I was absolutely freezing, not literally, thankfully. Absolutely freezing. So I then thought, I'm going to go and use that ticket. I'm going to go into the hotel swimming pool. I went to the hotel swimming pool and there was a big placard, heating is off. <laughs> and I thought, well, surely it's got to be warmer than the sea. It was not. It was absolutely freezing. And then I thought, well, the, the jacuzzi, which I've been just, you know, just dreaming of for some weeks before, since I Googled and found out about it, went to the jacuzzi. It, jacuzzi. it was actually like the worst ice bucket challenge. <laughs> it was just like, it was like being in a, in a geezer in Iceland. It was absolutely freezing. So this is why I'm here, like this, fully clothed in Shoreham by Sea, not actually dipping my toes in and I do have to say part of the reason why I think I struggled to actually go in the sea here part of the reason why I struggled um, to actually share God's story over the last week was it left me with a cold I think it was something to do with going into the sea so there we go and, and I couldn't talk to anybody this week I kept even my friends and family I'd say go away go away I can't hug you I have sneezed and, and I couldn't even prepare food I was going like this a chew away from food hopefully because my cold's gone the students sweep my crumble today it is not crumble and sneeze that is good but anyway um but let's move on so i actually am not a good example of dipping your toes in 
But Jesus is a better example, as in most things, well, in fact, in everything, actually, is a better example. And we can see in that Samaritan story, we can see how Jesus did dip his toes in. We can see how he started a conversation with a Samaritan woman he should never really have met. I mean, to be fair, he should never have been in Samaria at all. It wasn't an area where the Jews went. They used to avoid Samaria. They used to loop around, rather like the worst sat-nav. Hi, James. Sorry about the fact that you have the worst sat-nav in the world, don't you? Sorry, in the car. It takes you to Bristol via Wales and that kind of thing. Anyway, sorry. Lovely to see you both, Mr. and Mrs. Willett. Anyway, so, but he just went round to go into Samaria. So he he was where he shouldn't have been in the first place, okay? And then he was at a well... He was at a well at the wrong time of day. He wasn't meant to be there in the heat of the day. Nobody went to a well at that time of day. They went early or they went late. So the only people at the well were women of ill repute. So he was in Samaria where he shouldn't have been. He was by a well at the wrong time of day. And because of that, he met a woman of, well, not so much repute, of a bad reputation. And also, he was a man talking to a woman by a well, so therefore he really kind of went out of his way. He didn't dip his toe in the well, literally, but to actually be guided by God into this conversation, Jesus shouldn't really have been there. So, and then he initiates the conversation by saying, give me a drink. I actually think that's quite rude. Because please would have been nice. Anyway, but there we go. He actually said, give me a drink. He asked the woman for something. Now, she would have been amazed that a rabbi would have talked to her, a man would have talked to her. And, and, well, clearly, as the conversation goes on, she sees how this man is so incredibly special. Anyway, he dipped his toes in. He dipped his toes in by, by being led by God. You know, last week, those of you who are here, I was going to say Jesus said, but it wasn't, it was Andrew. Andrew was talking about Philip, Philip the evangelist, and how he got led to a particular road, and how he got led to the place where there was an Ethiopian who needed to be explained the gospel to. And he was in the right place at the right time. And that was because he prayed. He prayed first. Philip knew where God wanted him to be. He knew where God wanted him to share and who he wanted him to share it with. So really, you know, we need to actually, I suppose, to get ourselves started, let's go on to the next slide, shall we? Here we go. The question you could ask is, where is your Samaria? I like little phrases like that. Where is your Samaria Samaria last week? Jesus' Samaria was the place where he was led to speak to somebody. Where is your Samaria? I mean, maybe, Rona, your Samaria is with your family, or was last week with your family, where you just gently planted that seed. Maybe your Samaria, Rosie, was on a train. Maybe your Samaria, Ron... Actually, it's quite weird that yours and mine were both at a wake. But anyway, basically odd places, different places God calls you to be and gives you the word to say. Because both Philip, both Jesus, that's two boats, Ron, Rona, sorry if I missed anybody else out, and, and Rosie and others who've shared their stories, and, and also Laurie and Malcolm as well, don't miss you, that your stories, that God's led you to be in that place and share that word with that person. Listen to God. And the good thing about praying about it and saying, where do you actually want me to go, God? What do you want me to say? Is that you're cooperating with him and it's a whole lot better. Because, A, if you get it wrong, you can blame God. And B, if you get it right, that's wonderful. Because what happened with that Samaritan woman, she was just in the right place at the right time to be responsive to God. 
Philip in the last story was just in the right place if he opened to actually be told about the gospel, be told about the good news rather from Isaiah. So, so really, to get started, we need to be prayerfully cooperating with God with His Holy Spirit. Now, I'll tell you, I do have a God story this week, and I had to this week rely on technology. And I'm not actually very good on technology, but I'm kind of okay on Facebook. I've not done it for a while. I've not even put my holiday photos on. Clearly, looking at photos like that is not perhaps much of a shame. But anyway, but this week, I got engaged in somebody else's conversation. You can do that, can't you? Those of you who do Facebook. Somebody says something, and you can kind of make a comment. And I thought God was leading me beyond the hug. He was leading me to make a comment over what somebody had said on Facebook. And one of my friends had said something about a really naff book. Okay. It was actually a really naff book about Harry Potter. Because you know the Harry Potter thing, which is, you know, was very, very, very popular and is now just very popular. Um, my friend was saying that there has been, and I don't think it's very good, um, a Christianization of this book about Harry Potter. And it's actually, because Harry Potter isn't good, because it kind of, I mean, let's not get into that debate. But anyway, but, because um, it, it's got occulty thingy things, but if you disagree with me, talk to me afterwards, we won't have a conversation now. But... Um, but what it was was they'd Christianized it and they'd made it a prayer school. Okay? Now, I mean, it could be good, but it could not be. It could be kind of quite, quite corny. But anyway, but my friend had said, oh, hallelujah, somebody's done something with this book um, to make it very positive. But, um, and then somebody then started a conversation. Have you been in those or observed those conversations where they go on absolutely forever and they all end up with a row? Have you had a Facebook row with somebody you've never, ever met before? I don't like doing that. I like kind of stepping back, actually, and not engaging in that kind of thing. But in this particular instance, my friend was defenseless, although he's doing quite well, um, because this person who clearly was a work colleague was actually, um, and, you know, wasn't anything to do with his Christian kind of aspect, was then having this ongoing conversation and saying um, about whether witches and wizards exist. And he says, I want evidence. And, da, 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 da. and, and I kind of... I joined in the conversation. I said, well, I know that they do because I've met some people who've got involved in that area and it's really messed with their heads. I think I was slightly more articulate, but not a lot more articulate. Anyway, then he came back and we had this kind of ongoing conversation. And you know when you get to a point where you think, I think he's just having a row and wanting, you know, he's had a bad day and he's just wanting to have a row with somebody. And I was quite busy. So what I did was I actually said, I think we ne- we're best um, agree to disagree and then he came back and he says, no, I don't think so. I want hard evidence. But then I was really, really busy. And I thought, oh dear, I don't even know this man. So I kind of left it for a bit. Okay. Anyway, that was me dipping my toes in and getting started. Sometimes it doesn't kind of go according to plan, does it really? Sometimes it's, it's difficult, isn't it, to, to share the God story. Because I wanted to try, and he, and he said something about God as well. And, and, and how about, you know, just because there is a church, it doesn't mean that God exists. You know, and you're having all these big kind of God conversations with somebody that you've never even seen, apart from a squitty little picture of them with somebody else, because it was very, very tiny. Anyway, sometimes it's difficult to share your story. Sometimes... It's, you know, there are perfect examples. Let's have, a, let's have the next slide. We see in this story of Jesus sharing the God story and trying to connect with people, he actually does it perfectly. He doesn't end up with having to withdraw from a Facebook row. He says to the woman, 
if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying this to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I mean, how clever is that? How clever is that to, to turn water to living water and, and expressing something of the Holy Spirit? He actually used the practical way in which they engaged to actually then talk about God and talk about the hope. I just ended up in a conversation about science. And for those of you who know me, know that that's not my specialist subject. And Andrew was away. Normally, I embark on conversations about science that he can actually put the input in and, and give me all the long words. <sighs> so no wonder I had to leave it for a moment. Sometimes our conversations have to be left, don't they? Okay. We actually have to, let's picture, next picture. We do the slow boiler things. I'm not saying boiling in a cross kind of way, but boiling in sometimes, like family conversations, you say a little bit and you just leave that just to simmer. And you wait, do you not, for the next point in the conversation. My Facebook man was angry. Mr. Angry. And then I left him to do this slow simmering thing and somebody else came in. I thought, yay, hallelujah, I could write my sermon. I did actually spend some of my sermon time in writing, actually having this conversation. But anyway, quite useful really. So somebody entered and they actually put concrete evidence that this man had actually asked for about the existence of witches and wizards and saying, well, this is their Facebook page. They say that they're real. Surely you should believe this. That was actually quite helpful because I felt kind of... Sometimes when you can't get the right answers just succinctly in the way that you want to, sometimes you do feel a bit of a failure. And I, and I hadn't got time to, to go and get the, the categorical proof because I knew if I said something about it, and he was also going on about science and religion and stuff, if I said something about it, I knew it would start with another conversation. And I'd be going on and on and on. And I'd have nothing to say apart from that conversation, which could go horribly wrong to share with you today. Anyway, I did, it does have to be said, come back to him later and I said um, I can't even remember what I said it was obviously that significant but I basically opened the door to a further conversation I thought no why am I doing this I could end up in a mess do you sometimes do that where you, you kind of you think well he's been dealt with that's okay but he'd actually asked me to have a conversation about God and I thought actually I really should actually give him the opportunity so I, I went back to him and I said something I said thank you to the person who'd said that um, and I, I then said you know like an open question He's not got back to me. I don't think he's actually that interested. But anyway, maybe the rest of the information from somebody else was actually sufficient for him. God stories. Our story. The next one, you know I promised you that you can tell your story a little bit. Don't worry if you don't want to. We actually have the opportunity in life on occasions to tell our testimony, tell our story of why we actually are interested in God. And I was hoping for that moment. It may be when I get home and I log back onto Facebook, he will have got back to me and I will be able to share something that's of significance. But sometimes it doesn't happen. We're not called to do the whole story, are we? It talks, doesn't it, in the Bible about how, how some plant the seeds, some water, and, and you know, some reap the harvest. And you know, Sometimes we just do little bits. And maybe in 30 years' time, this young man will say, do you know, I had this really weird conversation and would be giving his testimony about how that actually helped him and, and, you know, 30 years later he became a Christian. Who knows? We're only called to respond in the way that God calls us. 
What I'd like you to do, okay, and don't be scared, because look at the person to the right and the person to the left of you, and if you haven't got anybody, yay! Um, but if you haven't got anybody, go and find somebody, okay? Um, what I'd like you to do, if possible now, is to get in kind of threes and fours, and this is the simple version, okay? You've only got five minutes, so you can't do com too complex anyway. The simple version. What you can say is why you're here today, okay? It could be that my friend invited me. It could be that I came because um, my parents are ministers. It could be. <laughs> it could be anything. It could be just like that. You could say absolutely nothing. That is fine. Say, no, I don't want to share a story with you, which doesn't mean that you're rude. It just means that, you know, that, that you're very welcome not to say anything, um, especially if I don't give you any time because I'm whittling on. Or it could be that you actually have a very short testimony story of why you're here. So let's give you five minutes, five past 12. Oh, I can't read from here. Five minutes just to share with three or four people around you um, something of why you're here today. Okay, I do apologize. I should have given you I should have given you more time, but at the end of the service, stay where you are and carry on if you're halfway through a story and share it um, and you can go and grab a coffee. That would be brilliant because it's wonderful to think that you have stories of why you're here and why God's drawn you into this place, stories of faith. And, and it's wonderful because sometimes when you first become a Christian, it's always the point at which you become a Christian that's the most focal point of the story and that's great. But, the, but as you continue in your faith and mature in your faith, it's, it's how God dealt with you over the last week or how God dealt with you over a particular instance. Thing. One, just a few bits of advice over the story and this is the worst bit of advice I could ever give because I should listen to it myself this is it keep it brief okay Andrew would just be laughing out loud at me if he were here today particularly if you're actually reflecting not only in your own story don't say the whole thing about the beach and everything of course but also you know when you're when you're sharing with somebody and, and perhaps they're somebody who's not well or something and maybe even hallelujah it's a symptom you actually shared yourself oh yes you can identify with them and oh yes you'll tell about how the doctor said this and the doctor said that and how it got better because of this. you don't need the whole story to reflect you can just say oh yes I understand and God helped me like this stop okay because sometimes we can you know just go off the point in that story keep it brief also, there we go, moving on, um, we need to be aware in our God conversations about clouds and mountains, okay? What kind of can cloud, if you like, you know, the receiving of the story? What gets in the way? In verse 17, we might remember of that John story, the woman's lifestyle could have clouded it all. It could have got in the way. And we need to be aware, A, that our sin doesn't get in the way of sharing the story of God. We need to be right with God so that, you know, like my Facebook thing, you know, you've, you've got to actually, you know, do it in the right way and you've got to try and be walking with God because otherwise people take no notice of you. But the second Second thing is we need to make the people realize that their issues won't get in the way of the love that God has for them that God loves and knows and forgives them so so the woman Jesus didn't point out her lifestyle just to go and what about you he pointed out her lifestyle to actually give her the opportunity for that rubbish to be taken out not the men don't to be rude about men but what I mean is the sin in her life to actually be taken away so she could actually move on in, in freedom and move on with that release into her new relationship with God so things that cloud and get in the way is one thing but also there's mountains it didn't mention clouds in the reading I just used that but mountains is the distractions 
okay, the distractions in the story. Do you remember the bit where the woman said, well, we Samaritans, we worship on this mountain, the mountain you're actually on, and, and the Jews, they worship in Jerusalem. She was actually using a diversionary distracting tactic. And Jesus swept all away that and said, you know, we worship in spirit and in truth. And, and just kind of said, look, look, don't worry about traditions. Don't worry about the way that you used to do it. Just remember and, and go forward in that living faith. And we need to just observe when things are like blockages, I can't do it because of this, you know, or something gets in the way between people and that intimacy of relationship with God. And I want to finish with, um, I started off with Roy Crown picking his brains, but I want to finish with something, Paul Stokes, he's one of my friends who who worked with us um, as ERA, our other job, that's what Andrew's doing this morning. Um, Let's have this next picture. He said, that how do we ensure, he didn't say this, me paraphrasing, how do we ensure that the story bits that we share of God's story with others actually touch the spot in their lives? And he says that, and we all know that, that people are different and different things will draw people into a relationship with God. And he says it's a bit like that lion, witch in the wardrobe no, that's the wrong one. It knew it was witches. I always get them confused. Wizard of Oz. Okay, it's up there staring at me. Wizard of Oz. Okay, do you remember the scarecrow who'd got no brain, or I thought he hadn't? The tin man who'd got no heart, or thought he hadn't? And the lion who had no courage? And he said, Paul Stokes, that is, he said that we're all a bit like that. All of us have some particular area that really fires us up or is a concern for us. Some of us are head people. Some of us are gut people, and well, the heart thing, and some of us are um, head, heart, and gut. Okay, let's go on to the next slide and I'll explain what is meant by that. And this is my Facebook friend. Okay, he was well, I don't really know him, but he was wanting the intellectual answer to everything. Okay, do you get some people like that? You talked about the God and they want to know how it's compatible with science. For somebody who is into music like myself, I actually don't care a fig how it's compatible with science. I just think, well, God's wonderful. He created this world and that's brilliant. But some people, they're not as simplistic as me and they need Andrew to talk to or somebody else in the congregation who's scientific background. So, I mean, you need perhaps to point them to teaching that actually answers their questions. And as you speak with them, you can tell, can't you, people who really need to get to grips with the nitty-gritty of stuff. They're the teachers amongst us. They're people who, who love passages about the wisdom of God and about the knowledge of God. Okay? So, so if you find yourself engaging in conversation with somebody who's more concerned about the brain and the head stuff than anything else, don't point them my way. Okay? But also, if you find that area you know, is, is a challenge to you, then seek advice from others. Or point them in the direction of somebody who actually will help them in that area. Moving on to the next person. People who are heart people. Okay, in the um, which Wizard of Oz, the Tin Man wanted a heart, didn't they? Now, some people, the thing that would draw them to God is the love that God has for them. They need, I mean, everybody needs to be loved, but some people it's a particular desire to be loved. And you can, you can see it, can't you? Somebody who needs to, to know the compassionate love of God. And, and they hold on to passages if they knew them. Like, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us. And, and you can share and, and express something of the love of God that he has for us. Are you speaking with somebody who needs to know about God's love? Just share something of God's love with somebody if that's their real need and their desire to know about the kingdom. So moving on to the last one. 
we had the lion, okay, and he was um, a coward, really, but that's why we're coward like that. Anyway, courage. He wanted courage, didn't he? And, and, and he was a bit fearful, and, and it was kind of, you know, a bit about the gut where you, you actually, you know, that, that you're scared of stuff, and, and, and you actually, you want, to, you want to get on with stuff, but then, then there's a little bit of fear going on. Peter, okay, was, was an action person, a gut person, who just got on with it, but then was perhaps a bit scared later. It's all, all kind of a mixture, but some people are, you know, are really wanting to people who get stuck into the work of God, and they want to know... That that God has a job for them. They want to know, like Peter, that they can be there and I won't deny you. I'm going to serve you, God. They want to be really in on the action. Some of us are a bit more chilled, not bothered. They just want to know God's love surrounding them and they can sit there on their sofa. But other people want to know that in the kingdom, there is a place for them. If you meet somebody who's all gut, sounds horrible, but if you meet somebody who wants to go for it with God, just show them the way in which they can really engage in the kingdom of God. Now, those are just three simplistic ways of, of just triggering and, and working out, you know, work out the person that you're actually speaking with and, and share the bit of the gospel that really would appeal to them specifically. I really need to finish. Otherwise, you will definitely be all part of the student lunch and the crumble won't go around that way, although it's quite vast. Anyway, I want to finish off with two slides and I will be brief, honestly. Storytelling can be rough, Okay. Maybe you've tried it and you've ended up in a Facebook route. I didn't. I was very compassionate. But maybe you've started and it's got you to a really awkward place. Sometimes it can be rough. And if I had time to do so, I would tell you what I shared on the lunchtime service about Christians in Syria. And again, I will leave that at the back of church. But basically, there were Christians in Syria now who were beheaded about 11 days ago because they spoke up for the gospel. They could have escaped they were told by the person who was, who was a leader of the project of their missionary organization, go because your life is in danger. But they said, we want to stay here. Okay. I asked them to leave, he said, but I gave them the freedom to choose, said the ministry director. His voice tremulous as he recalls, recalls their horrific death. As their leader, I should have insisted, he was feeling bad himself, I should have insisted that they leave. They stayed because they believed they were called to share Christ with those caught in the crossfire, he said. And it's a horrific story. Well, actually, not all the details in there, but it's a horrific story about how they're all killed for their faith. Praise God for us that we are not in that position. But we need to pray for people who are. When we think, I'm too scared to write something to somebody on Facebook that I've never met because I might get all sorts of rubbish and people might think, oh, she's stupid because she doesn't know the answer to that question. Get alive compare with what other people are putting up with sorry I'm just talking to myself not you compare with what other people have to put up with for the gospel one of the missionaries his son 11 year old son was tortured and killed in front of him and his son would not deny the gospel this 11 year old child would not deny the gospel they said deny your faith and we will free you and he said no an 11 year old and then the dad had to watch that and he said if you deny your faith we will spare him and he didn't i mean what awful how would we respond in a situation like that just absolutely awful going on 11 actually 12 days ago now 11 sometimes storytelling can be rough but i'd like us to finish and i'd like you to stand for this if you stand anyway okay but if you feel that you want to affirm this let's just stand and i'll read this okay to you 
Have I not commanded you? Okay, and we'll say it together if you feel. Don't, don't feel embarrassed to call them pastors. People are at different places in their story. But this is actually um, God's word to Joshua. Okay, talk about being brave. Let us, if we want to be brave, to explore the gospel of God this week or to actually share our faith in some way. Let's just be affirmed with these words. And hopefully you can see them. I'll just read them to you. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So let us say that together if we feel that we're able to, but just listen to others affirming this before we then finish in worship. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let us just pray. We do pray, Lord. Um, that you will go with us when we go from this place. We pray that you will give us courage to explore the story of God if we do not know it, or to share our God's story and your story with others, Lord. And we pray particularly for those people facing real persecution, not just kind of emotional persecution. Those who are facing real persecution today, we pray for the Christians of Syria and other parts of the world who, as they declare you and share their God's stories, actually are killed for it, Lord. We pray for your protection over them, and we pray for your peace in those situations and wisdoms for governments to get this stuff sorted so that people can declare your word without fear and without persecution. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.